Good morning and welcome to the Mental Health Worship of the NCSA. My name is Nandi Fleming and I will be your host for this morning's worship. Before we start, let us close our eyes for a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, it is such a privilege, Lord, to be able to open up the morning with you. And Lord, as we are in this world and we are faced with many trials and tribulations, it is my prayer that we will not forget you. Our first love, Lord, the one that um, that has renewed our strength, that has made us soar on eagles' wings, the one that, that, that keeps us going every single day, Lord, may we not forget you. Lord, may you return our hearts to you. And Lord, may you heal this land as we are now facing this crisis, Lord. May we be spiritually refreshed and may we lean on you more than ever, is my prayer in your name. Amen. I'm going to read for you for our verse this morning out of the book of Isaiah, chapter 57 and verse 18. It says, I have seen his ways and I will heal him. I will lead him also and restore comforts unto him. The title of my talk this morning is Restored. As we are facing many trials and tribulations, COVID-19 and personal you know, struggles at home, I ask myself the question, perhaps you have been feeling God tugging at your heartstrings as he has been tugging at mine. Perhaps you, like me, have had thoughts of the time is short and I need to give up the things of this world, things that maybe do not seem so harmful, but I know is not good for me. Perhaps you have also felt that there are certain things that you need to cast aside, certain burdens that you have been carrying and living with in order to now fully live for the Lord as the time approaches. Do you too feel that the time is short? Do you wonder, you know, if it's even possible for you to get to that place spiritually where you once were before? You see, let me explain. Growing up, I recall a specific time in my life where I went through a very deep, life-changing spiritual experience. It was round about my matric year, um, and I recall how differently my life was. I had experienced a quickening in my spiritual life, which in turn revived my, my everyday life. I fell in love with God and was truly passionate about the things of His kingdom. I did my devotions two, sometimes even three times a day. I prayed, always kneeling down, seeking the Lord. I lived more healthfully. I exercised daily. I rested well during the evening times. I led youth meetings. I conducted baptismal classes. I did telephonic evangelism for my friends. I visited hospitals with the church youth and shared God's love with the sick and dying through song and through sharing his words. I remember preaching fiery sermons during youth week of prayers and revivals at the church. And something within me moved me to truly dedicate my life to the Lord for the first first time. You see, I had been baptized at the age of 12, but I never really understood God or had a deep-seated love or passion for him and his ways. And as I grew um, in his grace during that time, I was moved by the Holy Spirit to dedicate my life to God for the for real for the first time. And I decided to be rebaptized around about the age of 17, 18. It was a small baptism in the afternoon one Saturday. And only a few people were in attendance, but I felt the Holy Spirit moving upon my life. I felt passion and certain about the things of God. I was willing to give up all pleasures, 
all worldly attractions and even relationships for God and for his cause. Whatever he would call me to do at that stage of my life, I would do it. I would die for him. I would live for him. I would sacrifice for him. And in the days and weeks and months to come, that is exactly what I did. I recall speaking to one of my friends, Liesl, one afternoon at choir practice um, that was held at church. And I told her that the time was now. I remember saying that it's now or never. This is it. The end is so close at hand. We need to be really ready each day to meet our Lord and to meet our Savior whom we love. And we were on fire for God. Have you ever felt that kind of love? Have you ever had that kind of spiritual experience, an experience with God at some stage in your life, maybe in your younger years, where you really tasted and saw that the Lord was good, where you were on fire for him and where you would give up and you did give up anything and everything that separated you from God. But then something happened, life happened and it got in the way. You see, oftentimes what happens is we lose focus um, of those vows that we made at our baptism. We, we lose that fire which we once had. We lose, you know, the dedication that we had to his laws, to his ways, to his statutes and, 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 and to his commands. It's because we truly start focusing on life here on earth. Life gets in the way. You, you know, we, we, we have to go to university. We start dating. We get engaged. We, we get that new job. We get that promotion. We buy our first car. We invest in our first home. Um, we plan having a family and children get born. And then we have to take them to school and focus on their education and their life. And life really starts to get in the way. And we start to slowly but surely lose our first love for God, our first real love, and we start falling in love with the things of the world because our focus is on that and its pleasures. And those things become first priority. And we tend to forget the covenant that we made with our Lord and Savior, the covenant that He will be first, that He will be our God, and that we will be His people. And perhaps for you, it's not that you left God completely. But you see, when life gets in the way, it's never the same again as in the beginning. We lose something. It's, it's, it's not the same. Today, I believe with the, the challenges that we are facing within the world, with the signs of the times fast approaching, I believe that God is calling his church, that God is calling his people, that God is calling you to be restored, to be restored to that relationship, that first love that you had for him when you gave his heart to him in the beginning. The Bible tells us that Israel had a similar experience, and we will do well to learn from how God worked in them and through them. You see, the Bible tells us that after many years of um, them being captives in Egypt, God's people no longer knew him. He set them free, and after all their traveling within the desert, he meets them at Mount Sinai, and he reveals himself to them. The Bible says, in a cloud, but his presence was there at the foot of the mountain, and he speaks to them, and they tremble. They hear his voice coming out of the cloud, out of the fiery cloud. Such a majestic and awe-inspiring event that the people can't stand it, and they declare that God's presence is too much for them. And that Moses should rather intervene on their behalf. 
It is during this meeting with God there at the foot of Mount Sinai and them receiving the laws and the statutes of God and really seeing him for the first time face to face and getting to know him and understand that he is the one true God that they vow to keep God's ways and to teach their children his ways. Israel makes a solemn oath, a vow, to be God's children and that he would be their God. And God vows that he will be their God and that he will never leave them and he will never forsake them. You know what happened after that, of course. The Bible tells us that apostasy, disobedience, mistrust in God, complaining, idolatry, um, and following the ways of the nations around them followed. And being sent back into the wilderness for 40 years, Israel truly is, is sent into a time period where they have to reflect and where it's hardship that they face after the apostasy and after this vow. The Bible tells us that after 40 years of wandering the wilderness, a new generation reaches the promised land, Canaan. And when they finally reach the promised land and they're standing upon the borders ready to enter in, the Bible says that God calls them together. And just like he did at the foot of Mount Sinai, he renews his covenant with his people at the border of the promised land. He declares once again to them that he is their God and that they should be his people. And they declare that, yes, we accept this covenant we accept this vow we will be your people and you will again once again be your god be your you will be our god you see after so much trial god brought them back full circle he brought them back after the experience of wandering far away from them you see in our lives we too made a covenant with god at our baptism and today we too i believe are standing upon the border of the promised land it's not yet here but we're upon this border and my question is have you also heard god's calling you god's calling you in your heart to renew your covenant with him before you can enter into the promised land to cast off worldliness and to once again keep his laws and keep his ways when you came to know the truth about God the first time round in your life, you were on fire for him. You gave up things for the Lord, but now you may have fallen back. You may have forgotten, just like Israel did. Israel forgot their first love, and God said to them, Return to me, give up those ways, and be loyal to me again. Israel vowed their loyalty at Mount Sinai. And how their apostasy happened is, as the Bible tells us, that it developed gradually. You see, you don't just wake up one morning saying that I'm leaving God and I'm not interested in Christianity anymore. It, it happens slowly and gradually. And Moses traced the evils of Israel to their departure from the law of God. The evil that came into the nation is because they no longer kept the ways of God. Satan made repeated attempts to get them to forget God's laws and statutes uh, and to follow after other gods. And they truly cheated on their first love with the things of the world. World. They gave up on God. In our lives, we may have drifted over time, gradually departing from God's laws, maybe just neglecting the reading of God's word once in a while and therefore forgetting the, his ways and his promises because it's not so fresh in our minds daily. And eventually we can't really recall why we did his ways in the first place. And we don't feel so happy anymore as we did in the beginning, so on fire. And that's when the pleasures of the world really start taking place, his place in our hearts.
But you see, with Israel, there was hope. Nevertheless, even though they drifted away from God, even in some of the darkest hours of Israel's history, when it seemed as if the forces of evil were going to gain the victory, the the Lord graciously revealed himself to them. He still sent prophets to them to remind them to keep God's laws line upon line. He taught them precept upon precept. And had they obeyed, they would have been spared much humiliation, the humiliation of a apostasy that followed. It's the same today. Despite darkness that might have come into your life, despite the hardship that you might face, God still send his bearers of light into our lives. Here and there, people speak to us and encourage us, and we still hear the word of God. And if we obey, we will be spared much grief and trial. But if we have not obeyed in our life, in every age, transgression of God's law has been followed by the same result destruction. If we look at the times of Noah, when the people disobeyed God's Lord, God destroyed the earth with water and only a few were saved. When Sodom and Gomorrah was cast into, into, into disarray, when they stopped following the ways of God, God destroyed them with fire. And the same happened with the 10 tribes of Israel. Even after they were entered into the promised land, God um, told them that if they did not follow his ways, that uh, another nation would come and would take them captive. And this is exactly what happened. When we follow the worldly ways, the result that will follow is hardship and pain. It's not because God is necessarily punishing us, but because our ways lead us to hardship. It is a consequence of sin. Um, Of Israel, the Bible says that there would be a time where it would seem that they would be without God. And maybe in your life, it has seemed that, you know, God has been far off. God hasn't been there for you. It says many days, the prophet declared that the 10 tribes of Israel would abide without a king without a prince, without a sacrifice, without an image of God, without an ephod, and without a teraphim. And afterwards, the prophet says, then only shall the children return and seek the Lord their God, and David their king shall fear God their Lord in the goodness of the latter days. The prophet Isaiah, in the book of Isaiah chapter 3, verse 4 and 5, declares that because of Israel's apostasy, because of their departure from God, there was a time of darkness that seemed It seemed as if God was far off and as if there was no hope for Israel. But he said after this time of darkness, God would not abandon his children. The time would come where in this darkness, the children of God would seek the Lord again. Um, the worst part about the destruction that took place was not the captivity or the death or the persecution or the destruction of Jerusalem. But the worst part of it all that they had to endure is that they had to be without the visible evidence of God's favor and intervention in their lives. Maybe you have felt this way in your life, in the times that have passed, where you have felt that, has God really been there for me? There hasn't been any visible sign, any evidence of, 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 of him showing favor to you. And this could be because we have departed from his ways. But despite this, the prophecies of judgment that were delivered by the prophet Amos and Hosea to Israel was accompanied by predictions of future glory. And it's the same for us. You see, after God left them to their own self-imposed hell and destruction... 
they would return to the Lord, said the Bible, and they did, and they would fear him once again, as before. They would return to their first love. Um, the reason they would return is not fear, but because God would fetch them and gently show them love again. Like a harlot that runs away from her husband to her first lover, God would not be angry and chastise them anymore. Hosea, as a symbol of God to the fallen Israel, to fallen us, declares in Hosea, I will allure her again. I will bring her into the into the wilderness and speak comfortably unto her and I will give her vineyards again um, the valley of Achor for a door of hope and she will sing there in the as in the days of her youth and as in the days when she come came up out of the land of Egypt and it will be in that day says the Lord that I will declare that I am no longer Ishi but you will say that he is my husband and you will no longer call me Bali my Lord but you will call me my husband you see, we too need to come to this place again where we fall in love with the Lord, where the Lord is calling. And I believe we are at that place, symbolically speaking, where Israel was, where the Lord is tugging at our strings heart, where maybe he has led us into a wilderness, a place of desolation, but where he is speaking to our heart comfortably, alluring us, getting us to fall in love with him again, to call him our husband, to, to regain that first love that we had again. You see, we, we've truly been on a detour. We, we've, we've sin has made us take this, this roundabout path to get back to that which God originally intended for his people. And we need to go back to where we first saw the light, back to the beginning. God is busy with a restoration to bring us back to who we were. You see, God has a plan and we need to trust this plan. God's plan of restoring every penitent soul um, in his church will happen in the last days. We need to keep our eyes open to the moving of the Holy Spirit and to obey his call when he calls us softly and gently. God wants to restore his people and to renew them again. We may have broken the covenant. We may have become unfaithful after our baptism. But you see, God has never broken his covenant. God will always be there for his people, pursuing us, calling on us, sometimes gently, sometimes aggressively. And now is this time where he comes aggressively saying, we're on the border. Give me your heart. It is now time to renew, to renew the covenant with me. The Bible tells us in the prophecies of Israel, it says, and it shall come to pass in the days past. This is verse 18 to 23 of Hosea 3. I will say unto them which were not my people, thou art my people, and they shall say thou art my God. Just like in the days past where we gladly left the worldly things behind, we need to do it again. Um, it says they will fear God and give glory to him for the hour of his judgment is come. The hour of God's judgment is at hand. I don't know how far off it will be. It might still be many years, but there is something, there is a spirit moving within us that says we need to give glory to him once again. We need to turn away from the idols of this world. World. We need to worship him who makes heaven and earth, the sea and the foundations and the waters. Um, we need to free ourselves from every entanglement that stands between us and God as the mercies of God is still lingering with us. We need to learn to be obedient to his divine requirements again um, so that we can recognize God's covenant and be his faithful people. 
The Bible tells us that God promised Israel a restoration. There was hope amidst the, the prophecies of doom and trial. He said in Amos 9 verse 13 verse 15, Behold, the day comes, says the Lord, that I will bring again the captivity of my people, and they will build wasted cities and inhabit them and they shall plant vineyards and drink the vine thereof and they shall also make gardens and eat the fruit of them and I will plant them upon their land and they shall no more be pulled up um, of their land which I have given them says the Lord you see a day is coming when God will restore Eden to us as well. A day is coming where we will also renew our vows to God, where our heavenly home will be renewed, where we will once again declare that God is our God, where we will plant our vineyards and we will drink from the grapevine. You see, God has not come here to condemn us. He understands the process of restoration. He wants us to, to, to be restored to bring us back into a relationship with him is God speaking to your heart today is he calling you to renew your vow to him as we stand at the border of the land that is promised to us you look at your eyes look at them speckled colorful each one unique, and I created every one of them. I created everything, the universe, and you. I gave you your personality. I made you pure, complex. And every day, I give you life. I love you. But something happened. You cheated on me. You didn't trust me. You sinned. You cut yourself off from me. And although you're still alive, you were slowly dying. So you looked for other things. to fill the void, but nothing works. It just kills you faster, and it separates us more and more. Someone has to die. You. 
because I love you. Then, Pastoral Counseling Department of the NCSA invites you to join our daily mental health devotions. You can subscribe by WhatsApping the word yes to plus two seven eight three six five eight four two nine six. Broadcasts will be sent out directly to your phone each morning at eight AM. Topics are centered on biblical and psychological guidance to achieve good mental health and a balanced lifestyle despite the trials and crises of life. If you are interested in receiving these daily WhatsApp audio devotions straight to your phone, then WhatsApp the word YES to plus two seven eight three six five eight four two nine six. And now, may your darkness turn to light as the Son of Righteousness rises with healing in His wings.